It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. show did big dung go too far with king carlo circling we've got urzil versus china and a champions league preview. preview hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of a pod of two halves it's been a week of football and misery and goals and all sorts I'm here with Lee Collard. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, yeah, not too shabby. Quite tired, actually, but yeah. Quite tired? Why are you tired? Long weekend, mate. Um, I had, had the Friday off work and decided to go to Oxford. Had a little trip there. Highly recommend that city. Uh, very nice. Very beautiful. What did you achieve in Oxford, my friend? Um, just, you know, drinks, food. Went. To, well, they, they call it a castle, right? It's, it's actually a bit of a letdown, right? Because it's essentially it's just a part of a castle that's now, you know, the rest of it's gone, it's been demolished. And there stands now just a part of a castle. And they sell it as a castle, but it's essentially a prison. Uh, <laughs> so, so it was like, oh, right, this is, this is great. Um, but yeah, yeah that, was, that was good. And then, mate, I went to Winter Wonderland. For anyone that hasn't already been there yet, just don't go. Just, just avoid it. Or go in the week. Just don't go on a Friday, Saturday, Ooh. Sunday. Oh, mate, it was horrible. It was horrendous. Even, right? And then it pissed it down as well, and I got absolutely fucking soaked. So, so yeah, that was my weekend. And then, obviously, we, of course, we had a bit of football, which we'll obviously talk about. We will talk about it. All in good time, my friend. Um, I'm now going to ask the other, the other guy on the, on the podcast well, how his weekend was. However, I saw this man over the weekend, <laughs> and um, and let's just say... So I was actually, I was guesting on uh, Adam Flint's podcast, uh, Talk Film. That's why you were you with can... him. I didn't know what was going on here. Yeah, so I was with, I was with Flint. Uh, we were recording in the, uh, the Carnaby Street studio, which is quite cool. And um, we got done with the pod and me and him went for a beer. Uh, my girlfriend came, she met us there and had a beer with us. And then, and you were like, boys, I'm in, uh, I'm in Liverpool Street. Earlier in the day, you said, oh, I'm in Liverpool Street. And I was like, oh, well, why are you there? Oh, work, no, yeah, work social. Yeah, Christmas party, I would suggest. It was. Something around that area. So we went, okay, we'll, 
we'll go and walk to uh, we'll go we'll go to Liverpool Street from kind of central area and meet him for a drink. Now I should say on the way to the tube stop, I I don't know if where the fuck was it? It was like around um, like Fitzrovia area. I fucking was walking along and the pavement there was incredibly uneven. And I fucking booted a, a fucking paving slab, which was sticking up out of the ground to the extent that I have fucking broken. Like, but basically later on that day, when I, when I got home that day, bear in mind my girlfriend already stood on my foot that evening as well. After I'd done this, which did not help matters. I got home. I took my sock off and it's just a bloody stump. Literally, mate, blood everywhere. The na- you know, like your, you know, your the to- your toe on uh, the one with the black nail woods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been like for- forever. Yeah, I thought that was. G- I think it's going to be one of them potentially. It's it's no enjoy good. that. That's going to one take of the most a while. frustrating things was is that you didn't you didn't communicate this with him at all. And poor old Woods here was just on on, on the WhatsApp group, just going, "Hello, is, is anyone here? Hello, hello." Right. I'm gonna, I'm, and I was getting really fucked off because I was like, "Can someone please just message the guy back?" Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in here now. When we actually arrived at the uh, the beer hall, uh, it was a struggle to find Woods because it's a two story place. You say this, I, I will. I, 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 I now realise you were you, 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 oh, low blow. Now uh, we now what happened was actually we strolled right past, and Woods was actually the entrance. Now, fair enough, right? However, I've known Thomas Woods now for how many years? God, two thousand and five. A good fourteen years of our lives. Mm. And I have, I think I've only seen you this drunk one other time, and that was on your stag do. It was pretty crazy, to be honest. You um, were absolutely steaming. Now, before we got onto the show, you said, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit, oh, a little bit run down. No fucking, no wonder why, mate. You were absolutely <laughs> cooking on Friday night, bruv. Uh, How did you feel the next day? You know Jesus what? Christ. Not too bad, to be honest. Not too bad. I mean, I think that when when you become a dad and you kind of have a night out, you just basically have to get on with it the next day. There's no, ah, uh, I don't feel so good. I'm just going to basically feel sorry for myself. It's just a case you better get up and go. Um, I know some others felt worse for wear. Uh, certainly like on, on Monday discussing what was going on there was interesting. Some of us had interesting travels home. Um some of us any yeah. tales any tales there <laughs> any quick ones no, nothing really too extravagant to cut apart from the fact that somehow Tom managed to lose his cards and um, decided to try and walk back to his house which is uh, hours and hours and hours away from where he was walking um, <laughs> yeah I mean ultimately it was good it was good oh, I'm glad I missed out on this uh, yeah. Steaming woods is always a good woods. A steaming woods is always a fine woods. But now, other, how was the football side of your weekend, buddy? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, pretty. Oh. <laughs> this is where the hangover kicks in. <laughs> it's pretty disappointing, no doubt. Um, but it's all part of the. It's all part of the experience. I think this season, it's it's to be expected. I know some Chelsea fans are obviously losing their minds a bit, but ultimately, uh, this is a team full of. Young players, inconsistencies, I was going to be there. I thought it was quite telling. Um, Frank's interviews post-game, he was very frustrated with uh, the the ball playing of the centre-halves. Um, I think that Rudiger and Zuma may well find themselves out of the starting eleven very shortly, just on the basis that they can't pass the ball. 
um, which is a critical element of what Lampard wants his teams to be able to do is to to break those lines of passing. The problem is, is that our best ball playing centre half happens to be Andreas Christensen, and he's a coward. So uh, it's a bit of a catch twenty two with the players available while Tamori's injured. Um, but I think how long is that Tamori out for? I think it's just a knock more than a significant injury. Uh, but obviously, the sooner he's back, the better. Um, obviously, transfer window. There's been lots of talk about going into buy uh, X name and X name and X name. Uh, we'll see what actually comes to fruition in January. But um, yeah, pretty stagnant performance, which ultimately starts with uh, the inability for our defenders to really play out from the back. Um, it's part of the modern game. Part of the modern game, indeed. Now we had a very, very modern game, also on Sunday. Well, on Sunday, because you played on the Saturday, right? We did play Saturday. Yeah, well, I know on Sunday there were two big games. Well, a third game: Spurs, Wolverhampton Wanderers. But we're not going to call that a big game. Manchester United versus Everton, and obviously Man City versus Arsenal. Now, fuck the Man City Arsenal game because we all know what's going to happen there, and we all know what happened there. <coughs> Yeah, Man City rolled them over. See you later. Team rolled them. See you later. Now, what we've done with now, Lee has just nudged me because like we're two minutes over time for the intro. The producer's hot on the case. Now, I thought I'd allow it because Woods has now had his his weekly Chelsea segment, <laughs> and now it's not going to happen for the rest of the show. We've got the Champions League made to come. This is true. We have got the Champions League. We have got um, the Champions so League. Yeah. On to Everton, Manchester United. Now, I went to this game. <sighs> Was I hopeful? Can we have a little revisit from last week, mate? Was you, I hopeful? Woods, I, come on. Yeah, I mean, you were, you were pretty hopeful. I think you were, you were literally back on the Ollie Express last week. You were so on the Ollie, Ollie Express, it hurt. Ollie in? Was, was that, <laughs> it was, was that a it thing? was definitely Ollie in at that point. Um, riding high, chasing down those top four dreams. It's, well, is, is, that, it, well, is it Ollie out now then? It's not Ollie out. Do you know why? One second, producer Collard hasn't, indic- hasn't lapped it. Has he lapped it? I've lapped it. He has lapped it because your phone's got that big diagonal thing. I can't see the thing. <laughs> the lightsaber is on it. Like the lightsaber of phone. Um, you see, it should have been 1 0 to us because the goal that you scored <laughs> was a complete calamity of a goal that should not have stood. Okay? It was a calamity in terms of uh, David uh, De Gea's. After, get, after getting horrendously and, and brutally and may mate, I, may speaking, I, and speaking may, of may cowards I, mate there was a coward and may right I there, say mate. savagely elbowed <laughs> in the face there <laughs> was no savage back he turned his back turn your back mate that's what happens it, it was uh, what's what, what your thought was it a foul you're going to have to be the neutral one here Woods <sighs> it, it's, although it's, he's a closet I, United I, fan <laughs> think about think about current day rules <laughs> I mean if I'm honest I was surprised that when I saw it back that there's an arm straight across the face of the hair now what I would say is Calvert-Lewin has no intent there to, to bash De Gea. He has gone to put his head on the ball. and uh, I was surprised. Defenders no don't have any good. intention of giving I, away penalties. I, but they I, do and they're given. Huh? It was surprising. Um, I, I saw quite a few United fans who are a little bit upset online about it. Um, and no, I think- no, 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 no. I didn't ask you whether it was surprising or not. I asked you whether you think it should have been <laughs> a, a goal or not. Let's um, not try and worm your way around this one, Mr. Woods, using I, your silver I, tongue. I, 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 I would be very, very... No, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm not having a... <laughs> a dip oh, against Chelsea. I'm not having he's, uh, would be disappointed about that. Was it or not, my friend? Give us a, us. Give us a definitive answer. Uh, it was a foul. There you uh, go. Yeah, no, to be honest, mate, when it happened, you know, I was sitting there, I was bricking, I was like, oh, this is not looking good. Uh, so, yeah, I was actually quite obviously ecstatic. When I, I think that the VAR thought it was hilarious how it ended up in the back of the net because Lindelof, I mean, 
Lindelof's watching that the whole way, and it's almost like he gets distracted by just De Gea getting bashed in the face and forgets that he should still be playing football. But that's Lindelof, isn't it? Yeah, it's classic Lindelof. Um, so, Lee, thoughts on the game, one all, what happened? Um, well, we went into the game, we were struggling a little bit to, to field a decent 11. Um, Gilfie went down on the on the day of the game. Um, we had, I think, Walcott out and a couple of others. Um, Mason Holgate ended up playing midfield, which was a bit of a surprise because when it lined up, I thought it was straight away it was going to be five at the back. But um, to be fair to Duncan, he obviously... Uh, he wanted to try something different and put him put him in. Then I thought he did a really good job. Um, look, Man United dominated the game for most parts. You know, I think we had maybe the last part of the first half, but apart from that, it, we, we, it's hard to say we had our backs to the wall. We were defending very deep. Man United weren't really doing too much. It was kind of one of those. But as as discussed, isn't that the tactic against Man United? Play a bit deeper? The low block, as you say? And this is what we raised last week, because after your really good performance, you know, it was against a top six team. And as soon as you go against someone that isn't doing that and isn't coming at you, you look uh, look kind of, yeah, stagnant, boring, lack of ideas, bit of creativity. It's not there really, is it? No, it isn't. I I thought we contained you fairly well. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought so too. Um, I think the bright spark for me... It's obviously Mason Greenwood. Mm. It's um, a really cute finish, that. It's very a very cute finish. finish. And, and the, Gary Neville said it on the commentary. I've said it about him all season. He has got a touch of the Van Persie about him is in terms of his technique, his poise. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see how he develops. You know, I think he can develop. It looks like he could develop very well. Same issues return, though. That centre midfield has no creativity to it whatsoever. McTominay played one or two nice through balls, but that's about it. Fred... The Probably, great Fred Mundo. Uh, he had a great performance. <laughs> team of the team of the week, I, I, I thought. Um, no, look, Fred. You, Fred's Fred, isn't he? You know, I mean, he, he's going to try run around, try hard. Um, he's not. Uh, Fred's a nice player to have in a three in midfield. I think sometimes because he does he does do a job there if he's playing well. But um, as part of a two, I think if you're going to have a player like McTominay, who is more the, the the enforcer, rallier of the two, you need someone who's a bit cuter on the ball can play a nice ball, can turn the ball on the swivel, you know, be a bit something else, maybe break a line here and there, spot a pass. And Fred doesn't really do those things. So having the two of them in there together with Jesse Lingard in front, who's not renowned for his creativity, isn't really... Yeah, it's not. You're not really going to get too much joy, especially if you're playing against a low block. Low block, hey? Look at that. Hey. Look at that in vogue term. And you've got James Rashford and Marshall, who are pacey players. You know, there's no really space to run into. So... If someone had said to me before the game, this is, this is how it's going to line up and these are the, this is what Everton's going to do, I'd probably have said one all, in all honesty. Ultimately, the really... first goal was key. It really was key. I think Lingard had a chance early, didn't he? And, he really did, yeah. And he, he buries that. It's a completely different game um, because Everton then have to kind of come out and try and obviously get a goal themselves, which obviously frees up the space in, bet- in behind for, for Rashford to obviously take advantage of. Um, missing that chance was a big moment. And obviously, like you said, Mike, I mean, with the, the goal being given, um, Everton then had something to hold on to. Um, exquisite finish. To, to uh, It's a really, really nice finish into the bottom corner there through uh, Mina's legs from Mason Greenwood, who looks a star, right? Is there three goals in, in that week? I think that he's... Um, how many goals has he now got second, this season? Got, I think it's seven or eight, isn't he? He's a uh, second... That's really Rashford. impressive, isn't yeah. it? I know that a lot of those have been in the Europa. That's still very impressive for a kid. Eight, 18 years old. Third youngest uh, goal scorer for Man United. He looks... Um, the, the thing 
Gravesen, obviously Andrew Gomez, who I really like, by the way. I'm disappointed we don't play him more. Um, and Chong, who looks like a competition winner, bless him. Um, Mason Greenwood's come in, he looks the part. The ball sticks to him, his control is good, he keeps it simple, and then, crucially, he's showing that in the you know, the final third, he's got a touch of touch of the lethalness about him, which is uh, it's, 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 it's encouraging. He's got a better touch and better finish than Marcus Rashford, which will benefit him because he's I think he's his best position going to be uh, certainly in a more central position what we learn obviously with Rashford is certainly he's uh, making that left hand side of his own but speaking of young strikers mm-hmm. I think that we got to talk about the situation um, involving Moise Keane and Duncan Ferguson um, now I will, I will say so obviously well I watched the game with with Yuli uh, and, and when Moise Kern came on the pitch I gave you a little bit of, oh, here we go, you know, Keane's on, you know. And then literally 18 minutes later, he he was subbed. And now in that 18 minutes, there was a point when he, uh, what was he, defending a corner? Or he'd done something? No, we were up for a corner. Up for a corner, hands on his knees, looking absolutely... There was was a couple of times. Looking absolutely fucked. The guy, um, he'd had a barnstorming run just before and played a poor ball as well. Um... Duncan Ferguson, after the game, said that uh, he said two things, right? The first one is that he had to waste some time. And the second one, he said it on BBC, but he didn't say it on Sky, was that uh, Keane looked off the pace. Very telling. What, what do you make of this, Mr. Collard? Well, I called it during the game, and I think a lot of people did on social media as well. Um, the guy looked shanked. Um, there's no way of getting around it, you know. I think the, the whole issue with this situation is, A how Ferguson reacted after, you know, once he's actually brought him off the pitch in terms of not acknowledging him. Uh, and the second issue is his age. Because he is young, there is more, I don't know, you want to offer more protection for him and maybe the way Ferguson acted wasn't the greatest. I think it, I don't think you can question what he did in terms, I think he definitely needed to make that substitution in terms of if you, if you feel like it's letting your team down and he, ultimately he's the manager of the team. So if he feels like there's someone that can do a better job than him, then he's got every right to do that. However... The, the, the player coming on, and this was going to be my point, was Omar Nias. Who did a better job than him. Ultimately, he was on the pitch for, I think, five minutes and so, won more duels, yeah. won more tackles, uh, didn't, give the way, didn't give away the ball. Whereas Moise... I'm going to call that Moise again. Uh, Keane, uh, um, I think he lost six duels... Um, gave the ball away numerous times like we said with the pass you know makes a barnstorm and run so he's finally seen something good then the final uh, end ball was, was not good so I can see why he did it but obviously I think the is the the, the trick he didn't call him out after the game in, in, in the uh, you know obviously in the press conferences and, and you know straight after the game which is fair enough but in the immediate reaction I think like he's probably got his emotions have got the better of him because he's we know what he's like. He's a fiery, pumped-up guy. What I didn't notice during the game, which they highlighted on Monday Night Football, was he was going berserk on the sidelines yeah. once he uh, was on the pitch. And he obviously wasn't, you know, adhering to the instructions that he was given. And I think that was the issue. I mean, first of all, he went on and he went off in the wrong position. And then after that, you could see he was struggling to get back. And he was always like a second behind. And it looked like Ferguson was instructing him to do it. Um, obviously, maybe that's not his natural game. And so you could argue that way, but... Um, ultimately it's a team game and you know he needed to put a shift in when he came on and he didn't do that yeah I mean ultimately Ferguson looked frustrated on the fact that he was just not doing what he was told um, he was clearly told uh, play from the right hand side and track sure um, and all that was happening was 
he went central and Shaw was obviously getting a free run uh, to support down the left-hand side. So I think Ferguson, I, I, when it comes to the, the reaction of both uh, involved when the substitution happened, people going, oh, you could have given him a hug, kind of explained to it. But you've got to remember, this is like, was it uh, seven minutes left? High tense game, Old Trafford, opportunity for Ferguson to get another massive result, really, away at Old Trafford. I don't think Ferguson really has the time to turn around, give him a cuddle, kiss him goodnight. I just think that, but I don't think also... <laughs> it's like, probably not within his character either. No, absolutely it, really? not. I imagine in his character is tough love. You know, I, I, maybe he's, he's been around the club. He's seen what's going on with Moyes Keane and I want to talk about Moyes Keane in a moment but he probably feels that maybe the kid's getting a bit too uh, cuddled and it's not really helping him. Um, I do think that Keane could have done with um, going to the bench and, and maybe, I don't know if Ferguson has anyone on the bench next to him that could have come down and kind of collected Keane to kind of encourage him just come sit on the bench. You know, we'll talk about this later because I think the bad look was when Keane walked to the tunnel um, and that doesn't look good on him. Now, in you t- can't almost blame though for that reaction. No, I, 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 well. absolutely. Like, Eighteen minutes. Distraught. You've not really had much of a looking anyway so far this season, um, and it's not going well for you. And uh, you're probably feeling that you're getting mugged off in front of millions. Um, obviously, Ferguson did explain, it, and I, I completely agree with him making that substitution because it was for what was best for the team, and ultimately they got the result which they went there for. I'm always keen though. Um, I want to defend him a little bit because. Um, I think it's it's turning out to be a little bit tougher than maybe he'd expected. Um, but obviously, you see a lot of times when players come over from Italy, they struggle to adjust. It's a completely different lifestyle. But a lot of these players usually come over to, to London, um, more of a multicultural city. And I'm not taking away from, from anything from, from Liverpool, by all accounts, it's a wonderful city. Uh, but there's obviously a lot more um, international people within London. So it's easy for them to find Italian people, like-minded people, similar age and expert. For Moyes Keane, he may well be feeling a little bit isolated. He's still a kid, 19, growing up, city all alone, country he doesn't really recognise. And it's probably been a little bit tough than he thought it was going to be. Obviously, this situation with Silva, um, manager going, all that that entails. He obviously wasn't fancied by Silva. Um, I saw a lot of people kind of suggesting that this might be it for Moyes Keane. Um, However, if there's one person that could come in and maybe turn the tide, it would be a father figure of sorts. Um, a man that maybe can maybe speak to him in his common tongue, maybe. You, may be, you mean the man that is one to 20 on to be the next Everton manager? I do mean the man that is King Carlo. What's your thoughts, Which, buddy? I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to you to fill me in, 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 in all honesty, because I, I'm not quite seeing the match, to be honest. I'm just seeing a name, and I think that's what Mashuri's gone for, and he's not... I, I don't know. What, what's he like There's, tactically? What was he like at Chelsea? I mean, tactically, I he played a diamond. Um, and, it, you know, he played two up top. Um, he had, obviously... It never felt quite like it fit Chelsea's system. We'd gone from, obviously, playing a, a more of a 4-3-3 for a long time, obviously, under Jose Mourinho. And, obviously, the following managers also retained that because we had the wingers. Um, but, ultimately, um, his championship-winning team in 10 uh, were the record goal scorers in the Premier League um, until Pep's team broke it uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, they were exceptional. Um, he's, tactically, I wouldn't say that he's uh, revolutionised the game in any way, but certainly he's a man-manager. Um, he got incredible performances out of um, Nicholas Anelka and, and Florian Maluda, two players that you maybe kind of rise a bit of an eyebrow to, which fits in well with 
Carlo uh, in terms of their um, <laughs> reputation at Chelsea. Obviously, Anel could come very from nice. Bolton. That was very nice. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I'm not necessarily thinking that he's going to come in and, and revolutionise the game in terms of the, his tactics. Uh, he'll change it, certainly. Um, I think he's more of a 4-4-2 kind of manager still. Um, so he's going to look to play two up front, which may well work with Calvert-Lewin and, and Moyes Keane. Um, you've maybe got uh, Calvert-Lewin, who's obviously turning into a much more of a target man. Uh, Moyes Keane, who obviously will look to get him behind. and Certainly, man management is... is Main strength, uh, that's always been the case wherever he's been. I think he's been well-liked wherever he's been. Um, he was hard done by when he left Chelsea. You, you know, obviously, what happened there. I mean, this is the irony of it, obviously. His Chelsea tenure came to an end at Goodison and he's kept returning to the Premier League at Goodison as well. But it certainly feels like a name. Um, it's a strange one. It's come out of nowhere, but you're talking about an elite-level manager nonetheless. A man that's got, I think, two European Cups to his name, multiple league titles. He's managed the biggest teams across Europe, and Everton have brought him in. Um, if at worst, he's going to be able to attract legitimate good players in, as opposed to spending big money on uh, maybe the tier below. You might be able to go in and be able to attract the tier players that, uh, is it uh, Marcel Brands is is he the, yep. the yeah that wants yep. to actually bring in as opposed to this second tier player that ultimately you still got which is what's ultimately holding you back from really going above. I think it's exciting. No, in my in my in my opinion, Everton have not in my lifetime had a player or a manager as big as Carlo Ancelotti. No, I completely agree. It's what, other than it's Wayne for, Rooney for me. But Wayne Rooney was, when he was at Everton wasn't at the same. Do you know what I mean? Like when he left Everton, yes. But when he was started there, he was obviously a kid. And when he finished, he was an old man done kind of thing. So We never had him, obviously, in his... No, no, exactly. And Carlo Ancelotti is... Could you argue well, that is Carlo Ancelotti at his peak? 60 years old? I don't think... Have you heard how much we're going to be paying him? Problem? Um, Have you heard how much we're paying him? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, my understanding is that he's going to be the third highest... 35 million pounds? <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be the third highest paid manager in the world. Um, well, it, 11.5 million a year. The, th- the, thing with, the thing with Ancelotti is, as you rightly said, Woods, like if I'm... You look at that top six and you think, okay, if you're Leicester, you know, if you're Wolves, if you're Everton, you're, you're the teams that want to break in, you know? But it's very hard to do that overnight. You have to get... You have to have good load of good performances and slowly do it. I think Everton have tried for quite a number of years to to try and just throw money at the problem and see what can happen. And in doing this, they're 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 taking a, as soon as Ancelotti joins this club, their stature slightly increases because Massively. of the pedigree that he brings to it. And for me, it's a hell of a smart move. You can either do it the Bre- the Leicester way and go and get Brendan Rodgers in, who's not, you know. Uh, he's a good manager obviously he's known very well here but he's not like the world renowned won everything kind of thing um, and do it by playing the football or what have you and getting the best out of what you've got or you can bring in Ancelotti and increase the reputation of your club immediately massively it's massively I it's, mean, just, it's an obvious obvious I, move I, I do appreciate it but then also you have to the flip side why, why has he been sacked by Napoli Right, that's a whole different like situation going on there there's is, a whole load of nonsense whole um, he's, he's been vocal about basically how badly that club is being run at the moment. Um, it all started with the dressing room refurbishment, which didn't get completed. And I think he was suggesting that Napoli is an amateur hour club at the moment. Very frustrated. But ultimately, like, before that, what is that? PSG? Uh, was that Bayern before that? Real Madrid before that? 
Um, I think it was Chelsea before that, AC Milan before. This is this is an incredible CV this man has got. Um, he'll have incredible connections still through football. Um, I think it's massively exciting. I, I, I understand that it's difficult, Mike, Mikey knows. To be honest. It's difficult because because you're not someone that's going to get excited about this. You've been hurt too many times, Lee. And I think that <laughs> I can sense... I'm cautious. I can I'm sense too cautious. I, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm fucking disgusted over here. Do you want, and also another thing, though, I don't want to count my chickens, mate, because it's, it's, it's an informal agreement. It's, class, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not literally been confirmed yet. So until it gets confirmed, then I you get can it. start to learn really Yeah, Woods, Woods. <laughs> Do you remember when uh, England were in the World Cup uh, and uh, we were getting excited? What, when, the and, one which uh, we went to the semi-final fucking... of a World Cup yeah. for the first time in, what is it, 20, 30 years? Yeah. And we had that friend of ours, that old Mr. Soppy Bollocks, who didn't want to get excited about it and would prefer to go, no, I don't want to get excited because all you like hated England before and I've loved them all the time. <laughs> I'm going to keep it, I'm gonna keep it real, Lee, right? I'm going to keep it real. I'll give you two options, right? Eddie Howe or Carlo Ancelotti? Carlo Ancelotti. There, exactly. you, there go. you go. Duncan Ferguson or Carlo Ancelotti. Carlo. Mm, yeah. Big Dunk. Sort of big Stunk staying on board. He's staying on board. He's part of the, the, the staff there. So he's not been... Well, is he, he going to go be... back to carrying like quite a timid Dunk that, you know, we haven't seen, you know, since like, you know, oh, well, ever. Well, I don't, actually, I, I I don't know what his role is going to be. Um, I mean, ultimately, also, when, when it comes to the salary, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't think it factors into FFP. I think it might be one of these things that comes off books. Um, and also, your owner is filthy rich and he just wants to spend to get Everton into <laughs> a position where they're it, in the top six. It's, it's interesting, though. It's in, sorry, it's, it's interesting that they're stuck in a, a relegation clause as well, basically. Well, if, you keep, if, we, if he keeps us up, he gets 2.5 million as well. It's like. Who's his agent? This doesn't scream of ambition in terms of the way Mashuri's looking at it. Um, it's, it's just a bit baffling. But um, like I said, I just don't want to count my chickens too soon. You know, it's a, it's well, a I'm sweet excited, Lee. You, you get excited for me. You know, I remember. You know, he's been a solid manager where he's been, but he's been at elite level clubs. So that's, that's the issue. He's now coming to an Everton, which isn't an elite level club. Hey. I mean, they were league champions when you were born, Lee. Let's not get too carried away here, right? <laughs> they were as successful yeah. as Manchester United when you were born. Yeah, Thomas looking Woods. at a new stadium as well, right? Well, yeah, will, will he be there to actually see it through? Because he's so old, isn't he? Just, just for a moment, just, I'm just going to put this out here. But Mikey, from our perspective, right? Tottenham have Jose Mourinho, Everton have Carlo Ancelotti, Manchester United have Oli Solskjaer, and and Chelsea have Frank Lampard. Eh? I don't understand. I would love a real manager. <laughs> isn't that a bit wild? Isn't it like? What? If someone like, said to me, your team is going to be managed by Carlo Ancelotti tomorrow, Michael, he's taking over from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I'd snap your arm off. He was linked you know what I mean? for a long time, wasn't he? And it always this felt that, um, I think Fergie always had quite a close relationship with him because obviously yeah. it seems that you have to get the okay from Alex Ferguson still for whatever reason. <laughs> um, but like, he seemed to be in... Like the, I guess what happened was once you kind of go through Jose and Van Howe, you're like, we can't keep going this way. It's just not working. We'll go a completely different route. And, and they've ended up with Oli at the wheel. teachers. Excellent. Excellent. I mean, I will be positive quickly, though. It's not fucking David Moyes. And that's, that is a major relief. Or Mark Hughes. Yeah, any of those names. That is names. so, so disappointing. Yeah. Uh, the, the Mark Hughes rumour really... Oh. It's Delicious. Day, Mikey. It um, might happen. Thomas Woods. Hello. Messer Ozil. Yes. Talk to me. He's had an interesting weekend, hasn't he? Um, before, before, before. You obviously saw the game on Sunday, right? Yes. I, we watched it. Yeah. 
And yes. I watched 90 minutes of the game, you watched 90 minutes of the game, you watched 90 minutes of the game. Was he playing? <laughs> He's like a ghost, mate. I love Mesut Ozil, right? I've always, been, I've always admired his, his, his ability on the pitch. But my God, I can, I'm struggling to defend this guy. I don't know you what he does. You can't defend him, mate, because it, we watched the game. He was, he was invisible. Like, he, he might as well not be there. Like, when you, when you look at the, his equivalent opposite in terms of Kevin De Bruyne and what he's doing, they're on different, they're on different planets at the moment. So, on Mesut Ozil, um, Arsene Wenger called this. Um, he was worried when the international retirement came in, um, suggesting that he'd lose some motivation to continue playing. Um, then he got the big contract as well and even more motivation went out the door. Effectively, he's a, he's a bit of an enigma and he's always been that way. And I just think that his desire to play for this football club is gone. I think if they were being successful, um, well-coached, maybe he had some, a defence to speak of, maybe he'd be a bit more engaged. But he's one of these players that I think that, you know, when he was at Real Madrid... He was the best 10 in the world. And I know that's a few years ago. Um, and he was still playing for Germany, more importantly, at that point as well. Um, Arsenal could do with getting out of this contract with him. Um, really, I think Ozil could do with a move to, to something to, to inspire him. But I'm, I'm not sure if there's anywhere for him. And certainly at this point, I don't think anyone's going to be too keen to take him on because of um, his comments this weekend. America with Justin Bieber, mate. Yeah. I mean, he's been introduced previously, hasn't he? (laughs) It's true, actually, yeah. But America isn't offering the money that China, say, for instance, would be offering him. Oop. Um, Yeah. Oops. I mean, he certainly burnt those bridges. Um, Now, talking about what's happened, obviously, he's used his social media presence to raise awareness to a situation that is currently ongoing in China, where I think there's a thousand of these camps out in Western China where they're trying to effectively re-educate Muslims to not be Muslims anymore. Um, Now, they're claiming it's uh, kind of done humanely, but people that have come out of there have suggested that torture does happen regularly. Um, Obviously, because it's in China, we don't really know, really, what's going on here. Uh, But either way, what the fuck? Um, And why the fuck is... uh, Well, I say why is the Western world just basically standing aside and letting China just kind of continue with this re-education on people's beliefs? Uh, The reason being is because it's the Muslim faith. Let's not kid ourselves. If this was uh, Christianity or or Judaism, um, I don't think that uh, China would be getting away with this so easily. I think there'd be trade embargoes and all sorts going on at this point. And Mr. Ozil obviously raised the fact that um, this ain't right raising awareness on his social media platform, to which China didn't take too kindly um, and basically uh, took the City-Arsenal game off-air in China um, because that's what China's reaction is to this sort of thing. The Premier League have shit the bed because they're worried about how this is going to impact their stock um, and their wallets. And obviously Arsenal panicked as well because they're worried how it's going to affect their wallets and everyone panders to China again. Because everyone has to pander to China because of the, the, the dollar, basically. They're all too concerned about money as opposed to what's right and wrong. Um, now, this isn't the first time this has actually happened this year in terms of sporting as well. Um, I think the Houston Rockets GM uh, tweeted something in support of the protests going on in Hong Kong, which is obviously something that's quite sensitive to China as well. Now, the Houston Rockets are the biggest basketball team in China. Now, why is that, Mikey? Oh, um, sorry, my mouth is full. 
So it's it, bad radio goal. Like Yao Ming. Yeah, Yao Ming, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they're obviously the biggest team. Um, all of a sudden, not anymore. <clears throat> they're blacked off um, the air. Um, the games that were meant to be played out there were questionable. Um, NBA's in complete panic mode, basically distancing themselves from these comments again uh, about the China regime. Even LeBron James is coming out and basically condemning it, trying to calm everything again because of money. And it's just ridiculous. It's, it's people's freedom of speech, um, which is basically being squashed uh, by both the Premier League and the NBA and in any other sports staff from any other uh, sporting league said spoke out about this it would be exactly the same um, because they're all too preoccupied with the money coming from China um, now my opinion on this is um, fuck that um, South Park did a great episode on this actually this season about the fact that we're all just pandering to China because of money it's ridiculous if they're wrong call them out on it to just stand aside and do nothing is completely ridiculous. They're not perfect. And just because they have money, they shouldn't be treated as such. Um, so, you know, I, I just want to say, despite being basically uh, a parody now of his former self, um, fair play to Mesut Ozil for taking a stand on this with his uh, social media platform, which I'm guessing must have millions of followers. Ozil in? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh. It's a, it's a brave stance to take, but it, it shouldn't be any great surprise that Arsenal immediately distance themselves from the comments. Um, I mean, they're a joke of a football club that are definitely more preoccupied with money than anything else. I mean, Stan Kroenke probably had a heart attack. He's got to pay for that stadium uh, somehow. And now do, you, do you think there's this- any... Do you, sorry, do you feel like there's any football club in the Premier League that would make it a stand or would support the player if they come out with a comment like that? No, uh, because no, I don't. Until yes. in, it's just the money. They're uh, they're all so preoccupied with money um, that they basically turn a they they rather basically turn a blind eye to whatever's going on in China um, to continue that cash flow coming in. Um, yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. Uh, but I just want to say, yeah, credit to Mesut Ozil for for taking that stand. Um, you know using this platform to really point out the fact that what's going on there, bullshit. Excellent. Excellent. Do you know what else is excellent? Some good words, eh? That was some good words. Do you know what else is excellent, Lee? The Champions League draw. I've never really felt that before, mate, so I don't know what it's like. And I haven't felt it for a while. However, because our good friend Mr. 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 Woods is a Chelsea fan, and they happen to be in this draw, I'm going to read out the draw now. Some crackers, mate. That's some great, <clears throat> great, great games. Mr. Time Master, if you will. There we are. So, Borussia Dortmund versus Paris Saint-Germain. Um, second leg falls on someone's birthday. Oh, no. Tell me it's Neymar's sister. It's Neymar's sister's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that? Okay. <laughs> because needless to say, it didn't take long for Twitter to pick up. Of course, mate, of even, course. <laughs> even, ESPN, even ESPN tweeted this. Wow. Didn't I have been saying this for a long, long time? This guy, mate, this fucking guy is weird. So does that mean he's literally not going to play this game? Then? When's the last time he played on his sister's birthday? It's been five like, years Like, never, at least. basically. Right? And it's always, a, it's always an excuse somehow, like, oh. So, good chance off. he could get sent off in the uh, first leg then? 
there's a good chance something happens, which means he doesn't play the second leg, which obviously gives some encouragement to Dortmund. And speaking of Dortmund, um, the feelings I'm getting right now is that Sancho won't be leaving in January. I think that they're seeing that they have a legitimate shot at the league title this year. Um, with He's in hot form as well. Yeah, he's... Oh, I mean, after the debacle that was 36 minutes getting yanked against uh, Bayern earlier this season, he, he's certainly refocused and I think he's come out with a point to prove and credit to him for really pushing on that because he could have quite easily just been like screw this I'm going to move in January going to force my way out but that is clearly uh, a credit to him and ultimately you kind of think the character that he must be to effectively walk away from Pep Guardiola and everything that was on offer at Man City to go try himself in that league it's it's the character of the man Uh, but it seems that that transfer uh, for whoever wanted him Manchester United Chelsea Liverpool um, that will not be available because they're probably feeling pretty good about their chances in the league because Bayern Munich don't currently have a defender to talk about Um, we've got Real Madrid Man City great time this is going to be entertaining Uh, Zidane versus Guardiola for the first time this is going to be very entertaining. Um, Eden Hazard has a pretty good record against City. Um, he does tend to, to show up there. I keep forgetting he plays at Real Madrid. Uh, yeah, he's I injured. feel like he just retired instead. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's not at the best of times there so far. Um, he is injured at the moment. Um, he's going to miss El Clasico, which I believe is tomorrow. What's, what's a ridiculous date to have El Clasico? Who's going to watch it? How do you watch Spanish I, games? Didn't they have anyway? to reschedule it though. Or something. They had to reschedule the original game for this week. Yes, um, I think you have to have like Premier Sports or some nonsense. Me not them. like I was. Me and you were talking about this the other day, weren't we, Lee? Is that we don't really know what's going on with La Liga because don't we don't get it. to see it anymore. No, um, but Benzema uh, has twelve and five this season, and I think that um, Messi has twelve and six uh, goals and assists. So they're both going hot guns at the moment. Um, obviously. Talking about this tie, um, it's going to be a really interesting tie. Um, City will be hoping that Sane's back. It seems that he's back in light training already. Um, I think more importantly, though, is how far Laporte's going to be away. Will he make this he's February date? He's the key, day? isn't he? Absolutely. He's the key. Absolutely. I think he's not due back until the end of February, so it's going to be a mighty ask. Yeah, to make uh, it I think that Pep might need his special that. doctors. <laughs> I'll reel off a few more of these games. You've got Atalanta versus Valencia. This is the frustrating one for me, mate. The one that could have been. The one that could have been. been, um, Mm. Had Ross Barkley not taking the penalty, uh, a penalty which ultimately he he said, yes, me, I'm taking this, and clanged it off the bar against Valencia, I believe that we would be playing Atalanta, who uh, the first team to progress to the knockout stage after losing their first three games. And a, a team that I picked to get through and felt terrible about after three games. So I feel pretty good about this. Well played, Mr. Woods. Um, we've got uh, Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool. I don't know what oh, it's second leg like at the home. moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm not picking against Liverpool in any competition, to be honest no. right now. By all accounts, I don't think... Uh, they weren't good this weekend for what it's worth, Liverpool. Uh, Watford really should have come away with something. I mean, really, they should have come away with three points. Uh, but they just keep winning. They're a winning machine. That, well, that tough run now pretty much begins now, doesn't it? It because does. They got the Villa kids are playing tonight. tonight. Yeah. yeah, you seen the lineup? The kids. It's literally just kids. I've, I've not heard of any of these players. Do you know if Villa have put their first team out because they're on a terrible run of form right now? Grealish is on the bench. So they've got some even... some in there. They've got some in there. Yeah, because I would have gone gung ho on this, mate. I would have gone guns bla- guns blazing to try and 
galvanise the team, rejuvenate a bit. Big win against Liverpool. Don't care if it's the kids. It doesn't matter. It's still Liverpool in the cup. Uh, we've got Leon Juventus. Leon have lost uh, Memphis for the season. And he's out for Euros as well, isn't he? Yep, which is Who's gutting. Memphis. Oh, really? Yeah. ACL. Um, gutting for him because obviously he's been uh, a rock star in the French League, really, hasn't he? And, um, I think he's been an integral part of the, the Dutch setup. Uh, they don't really have the depth to to be able to replace him. The old Farmers League, the I think. Farmers the old Farmers League, league. yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah old playing against fishermen. He's still, still a rock star and a Farmers League, mate. At least he's still a rock star. Um, Fair enough. Ju- Juventus, uh, this, this is where Ronaldo starts to play, isn't it? He's barely done anything this season. Um, he scored two goals. That was it in the in the group stage. But this is where it starts to spark to life. What a man. Yeah. Carried a man. by Dybala so far this season. The man yeah. that uh, Juve tried to ship out. Yeah, he'd have been nice, wouldn't he? Um, we've got Napoli, Barcelona. Uh, yeah, Napoli, who are now managed by Gattuso, so I'm taking Barcelona comprehensively. What are they doing? Yeah, yeah. What have they done here? <laughs> I, I don't, like, honestly, what are they doing? Um, Crazy man, Gattuso. Yeah, I mean, they... can't believe he's got that gig after, was it AC Milan, where he did not shine? Or... Not shine at all. Had some pretty hilarious press conferences. Yeah. Meme of a human being, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Spurs, Leipzig. So on paper, that's a great draw for Tottenham, right? Because they've managed it's to not. avoid all the big boys, but they're going good guns. Uh, they're top, they're banging goals for fun at the moment. They're, the only risk is with Leipzig um, is January's coming couple of teams are sniffing around Timo Werner uh, because um, he's got a £30 million get out. Now, crucially, as if Red Bull basically somehow convince Haaland that, yeah, you're going to Leipzig because Timo's on his way out and then they line up with Haaland instead of Timo and maybe they can maintain this but I, I mean I fancy Tottenham still that, that Jose factor is just getting them through things uh, they were proper shithousing it at the weekend mate I don't know if you saw this um, Wolves played them off the park because Tottenham don't oh, play yeah. football anymore there is no football being played there they can't pass the ball at all um, and basically they're getting taken to pieces by Adama Traore and they took it in turns to kick lumps out of him to the extent that I think they book, got five players booked for kicking lumps out of Adama Traore including Harry Kane <laughs> <laughs> he's turning Harry Kane into Alan Shearer mate as well Kane's scoring headers and fouling people yeah he's, he's, he's you know Follying players on the sideline next, right? <laughs> just, just quickly on Haaland, um, it's interesting as well that Ollie came out and said that he knows where he's going in terms of where, well, Haaland knows where he's going and I don't know if Ollie knows where that is as well, but I'd like to think that, would he call that out? Would he say that? Would he put that on the player if he wasn't thinking maybe there was coming to Man United or there was something in the pipeline? Obviously, there's, there's significant links between Ollie and Haaland personally and I think even with Manchester United and Haaland as well. The one thing I would say is it seems that the boy's got his head screwed on to the, the fact that he wants to play football. Um, uh, the football fact is going to be difficult at Manchester United because I don't see Ollie going away from uh, Martial. Now, obviously, the issue with Martial is, is keeping Martial fit. Um, and happy. And, yeah. Um but his system won't allow for two, I don't think. And what you can't shove Martial onto a wing because he just loses effectiveness completely. Um, it's a difficult one. Um, it's going to be interesting because you know I think United are properly in for him. Um, it's it's going to be whether the player spend all the money. 
It's, it's up to the player, isn't it? It's a squad game. Martial is great against Man City. Yeah, it's a squad game when we're playing Everton, the dross of the league. Yeah, have Haaland up front, the big bad bruiser. Get him a goal. You had that in Lukaku, and it didn't work out, did it? Obviously, it didn't fit into the system. Um, I, I, I think because, as you mentioned, with the whole Red Bull connection, you know, the whole setups. All obviously, they all own the same clubs. It's, it's, I reckon it will be an internal job. Yeah, I think so too. There might be some promises made. I.e. go there for 18 months. Yeah, and we'll see you to where you want to go next. Yeah, I, 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 if it's worth, I don't see us buying him. To be honest with you. I, I think, think that he'll end up there eventually. I think that he, I think he's got all the tools to be a proper star player, obviously. He's, he seems so calm in front of goal. Like He gets there and it's not even in doubt. Last game, Chelsea versus Bayern Munich. Yep, taking us back to 2012. I'm sure there's still some hurt feelings in Bavaria. Um, not the easiest tie, but I mean, at least we avoided Paris. Paris seemed to have our number um, the last couple of times we played them. Chelsea's ambition in the Champions League is is, is probably not to win it. Let's let's be be serious here. We've uh, been patchy at best in in Europe this season. Uh, we've managed to edge our way through to the knockout stage. The one benefit, as I've already touched on, is that Bayern do seem to have a lack of centre halves due to uh, significant injuries to players. Uh, but they also have a gunman up front who's just having the season of his life at the moment. Um, Coutinho is coming into form as well. Yeah, um, he done well yeah. in the weekend in the Bundesliga, and I watched the game against Tottenham, and he was he was looking good. I mean, they did aggregate Tottenham 10-3 which is a bit of a concern I will not lie Uh, (laughs) Chelsea have the January window in between Um, let's see what happens Uh, if they can the notoriously hard window yeah I mean I'm clutching mate I am very much clutching Um, you're hoping for a domino effect aren't you that's what you're hoping for I'm hoping something happens where we end up with um, (laughs) you know maybe uh, a team over and preferably an absolute monster centre half don't think we're going to be able to get Koulibaly in January though. Uh, it sounds like Nathan Ake will probably come back if anything because that stops Man City signing him. I heard Koulibaly first option, yeah, yeah. So you got a first option, yeah. Okay. I heard Koulibaly was an absolute bomb scare the other night. Anyway, so you, you just don't know about him, mate. Because like I don't watch Syria. I don't have any capabilities to watch that league. Um, I know that he's had some moments where we've seen that he's really good, but every time I talk to you about him, you're like, this guy is comedy. And someone's going <laughs> to basically bend over and spend 90 million on this guy thinking they've got Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> um, predictions time. Now, I have a, 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 well, how can I put this? A proposal for the pair of you. A wager, if you will. Now, obviously, we do... We do a predictions uh, game throughout the season uh, with, the, with the overall goal of at the end of the season. We tally up the, the ones we got right and then we go, hey, you won. Oh, look, you lost. And oh, look, you come in the middle. Yeah, it's all fun and games. Mad japes, as the kid would say. I have another game. A game purely, purely constructed over the course of Christmas time. Christmas time is a lo- wonderful advent for football. Football games every five fucking seconds. Let's do something interesting on that time. Now, I should say the idea comes from a certain Matthew Jackson. It had to be him. Of course it's him, because he wants to see us all suffer. So, I put it here to you that myself, Thomas Woods, Lee Collard, whoever gets the most right out of 
The Christmas period. What's the Christmas period? What are defining as? Basically, from now up until like the New Year's Day fixtures, basically, okay. right? Yeah. Um, whoever gets the most right gets our adulation and praise. The one who stands in the middle gets nothing. And the one who loses has to do a forfeit. <laughs> now, I have a forfeit lined up for the pair of you. Now, I, I think you should f- find one for me. Uh, hang on. Now, we, uh, we need to know what, what's the forfeit because I'm otherwise... Gonna, I'm going to tell you now. Don't okay. worry. I'm going I'm to tell you now. So, I bought Lee Collard a book over Christmas, um, for Christmas, The Zonal Marking. And his forfeit will be to read one page of that book on the air, or a chapter, maybe a full chapter... I'm not reading on, a fucking chapter. On the air, in a special segment called Collard's Book Corner. Okay, is that a forfeit for the listeners or for myself? Or you can do something else. It's up to you, of course. You could potentially read the book. Basically, I want to make sure he reads my present, basically. Uh, read the book. and then, <laughs> So and you then, come up with this elaborate game No, no, no. I, I've got it, mate. Uh, did you say in... that we've got um, Instagram? Yeah, we do, yeah. Uh, he's going to read a page onto Instagram video every day until he's finished it. <laughs> there you go there you go I like it uh, yeah yeah well I'll, I'll do some reading I'm not reading it every day blah 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 but I'll do some reading on Instagram yeah I like it now the second forfeit for Mr Woods came courtesy of our friend Matthew Jackson and you must watch the Anton Griezmann documentary oh, and review it no. for us on the pod but you love that though essentially when he, when, he gets, yeah, but when he gets to review it he gets to like go in hard on him mate I can imagine the joy obviously have you have to, to go through, through the torture that, first ha- hasn't he got a second one coming out as well oh, can, we, can we make it both then both of them jeez okay fair enough uh, now whatever my forfeit would be what is it who knows I'll make I, you I, watch like FA Cup games all the way through I don't want to watch FA Cup games <laughs> Because I know how much he hates anything that's not top six football. <laughs> top well, Premier that's what we say. You have to get used to it now. Yeah, exactly. All right, Premier League then. But even then, mate, that's a, that's a stretch. Well, you guys can think of your forfeit. And we'll have a think. We'll work it we'll out. Involved. Okay. So for you, Lee. Maybe, you... maybe Jackson's got another idea for you because he seems to be the man with all the ideas at the moment. Well, for you, you're reading a page a day on Instagram <laughs> or a chapter a week. Eh? Yeah, Okay. And then Mr. Mr. Woods is watching both Anton Griezmann documentaries and reporting to them on a new segment on the show. Yep. 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 Okay, and we're going to start this off with Everton versus Arsenal on Saturday the 21st of December. Can I add a stipulation very quickly? Can we also make him say how much he loves Modric or how much he deserved <laughs> to win the Ballon d'Or? I don't know if you saw my tweet earlier. Um the league's official accounts been doing these comparisons between Real Madrid and Barcelona players, um, and they were like, "Who's the better number 10? <laughs> uh, you think about who's Real Madrid's number yes, ten. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, seriously, fucking seriously. So basically, I just tweeted the my, one of my favourite go-to gifts, which is the Stephen A. Smith uh, "Stay off the weed." Uh, yeah. If, um, yes. I don't know. If, I don't know if Lee is, is aware of this one. No, but I don't it's, think it's I am. kind of his gut. I, I, it, it's a good I love gift. Stephen A. Smith. I love Stephen A. Smith, and his "Stay Off the Weed" trope is fucking great. <laughs> St- Stephen A. Smith. Stephen no. A. Smith. Stephen. Oh a. Smith. right. Okay. Don't get excited, mate. <laughs> Ste- Stephen A. Smith has broken onto American TV, ESPN, <laughs> and has gone viral for saying <laughs> "Stay Off the Weed." <laughs> like what? Um, Half 12, Everton-Arsenal, what are you saying? Go on, get carried away. There you go. Um, Arsenal are terrible. 
Uh, they certainly won't have a new manager. But by all accounts, sounds like uh, Mikel Arteta is going to be getting the job. Uh, what I will say is at least it shows a change in direction, which I think they needed. I think it's an awful appointment for mid-December. I think it's a perfect appointment for the end of May, start of June. Um, I worry for him coming in to a group of players uh, that he's got. Rumours are that someone's already leaked from the dressing room that the players are not happy that it's Arteta instead of Ancelotti. They wanted Ancelotti because they wanted an easier ride with uh, Papa Carlo uh, and that by all accounts Arteta is a bit of a taskmaster um, I, that, well, look that, who he's learning from <laughs> yeah exactly um, I think it's a really 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 interesting appointment for Arsenal um, I'm guessing he's got them over a barrel to, to appoint him now because he could quite easily go not now summer please um, and he may well have some controlling interest in the transfers that come in maybe in January. Um, he's going to have a difficult dressing room to manage there because, um, I mean, I imagine his first task is David Lewis out the team. And then what you have instead is David Lewis out the team being a pain in the ass. Um, Aston Villa are beating Liverpool 4-0 at halftime. <laughs> well, there you go. Hey, <laughs> They're not winning every trophy this year. So Everton, Arsenal, who's winning? I'm, I'm taking Everton. Um Freddie Umberg cut the the cut uh, the cloth of a, a man that is just basically like just get me out of here, I'm done. Oh, Please either give me coaches or give, the, give me out. On the on the flip side though, you've got a question like what, what was Arteta watching? You know when he's watching the City Arsenal game because that Arsenal team, if he thinks he's like you know like some miracle worker, fair fair enough, go in there. But as you said, Woods, to go in at that time of the year, it, it, he needs to go quickly. And I, he's I'm, he's what I think Arsenal should do. Sam Allardyce until May. Arteta <laughs> in June. I'm not even kidding. Just get someone and just to steady it and take it through. The problem is, I mean, obviously they're not going to bring um, Allardyce in, in until May. Could you uh, imagine? I was that you, man though, could, wasn't he? Could you imagine Arsenal fan TV if they got Sam Allardyce in? It'd be biblical. But oh. the thing is, the thing is, it took them two weeks to turn on Freddie. Two weeks. And he hadn't even got basically, like you say, he hadn't got any staff. He's literally doing everything on his own. And like Arsenal fans are like, oh, you know, Freddie's not good enough. Why are we putting him in there? And it's like, yeah. My, my favourite thing was Claude when he was saying, uh, why are we getting the guy that puts the cones out when we should get in the fucking great, the, the, the big guy? Someone's Guardiola. Not one like, of them has what? come out on a video and gone, uh, I want Arteta in. They've all been Allegri, Ancelotti. Well, Guardiola, according to Claude. Kip Pep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it, mate. I, honestly... For this to work, for this to work, they need everyone on board and going the same direction, right? Because it's going to be a process. It's not going to happen overnight. This squad needs overhauling. It's going to be a lot of pain to get to where they want to go. And I just don't think Arsenal Fan TV are cut out to get on board with this. I still think if I was Arsenal, I would hire, and whatever it costs, Robbie to basically be coming inside um, and then also get... Some of the other loudmouth lot also inside as contracted members of the team because that will stop them basically chatting shit every weekend. Yeah, I, that, that's a hell of an idea, to be honest with you. Because once they're employees, they're not going to be out there badmouthing the team like they have been. Uh, Bournemouth versus Burnley. Bournemouth, fresh off of a... Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Heroic, I mean, Charity game. FC. God. Um <laughs> You know, we played West Ham, terrible, terrible form, win. Play Everton, terrible, terrible form, win. Play Bournemouth, terrible, terrible form, win. Basically, we, we, we are just just a charity. It's that time of year, mate. 
you know, <laughs> that time of year. Uh, Bournemouth are pretty struggling with injuries as well, uh, but I don't. Burnley on the road. Still, I fancy Burnley to rough them up a bit as well. They'll get about it a little bit. Burnley. I'm, I'm taking the Burnley as well. Yeah, yeah I like Burnley. Um, then we've got Aston Villa versus Southampton. I'll, I'll take a Villa on this one. Yeah. Southampton, nah. Villa's form's not been ideal, uh, but it's Southampton, not great. they've had a massive game this weekend. They blew it, didn't they? Against West Ham. Exactly. That was a massive, massive fixture for them. Um, I, I don't think they're going to right the ship. I think they, they are basically the Titanic at this point. Yeah. Without uh, being, which uh, is strange, ironic, uh, because that's where it sets sail from. Hey. Ah. Hey. 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 Yeah. So yeah, Aston Villa for me as well, son. For me as well. Then we've got Brighton versus Sheffield United. I'm going to take a Sheffield United victory here. Oh, Sheffield United are really good on the road. Mm. I'm going to take a draw. Draw. Excellent. There's the differential I need to uh, gain the points this weekend. Um, Mal- Malpe, uh, is it Malpe? Mal- 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 I'm going yeah. to butcher his name. He is in bang on form, mate. What a player he's looking like for, for Brighton. Um, we've, we've said um, since the start of the season, the key thing for these teams that are going to be um, around that relegation battle is to have goal scorers, and he's proven to be that. 23 years old, 20 million signing from Brentford, um, another one of these players that's come up from the championship and, and kind of found his legs pretty quickly in the Premier League. Um, he was struggling for a period of time, but he has, was, you are right, in the last few games he has turned up. Yeah, and he's he's big player for them, big player. We've got Newcastle versus Crystal Palace. Newcastle, a depleted squad. Yeah, missing my boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, I, they I, need him desperately, mate. They really any do. Creativity. They do. Um, are talking, you know, who are we talking about here? Oh, who are you talking Sam Maximin. Yeah. Oh, I thought we were talking about Almiron. I was what, like, no, no, no. Because I know that when he joined, mate, you were all on the, uh, the Almer and fucking Express. Right, I, I, I was really encouraged by the signing because it took me back to the 90s where teams were basically playing, buying players I'd never heard of. And there was a reason for that. And then, but, but like I said, that little dink, if it doesn't hit the post and it goes in instead, it's all, history's completely different. He's the Tino Espria of wherever we are in now. Yeah, exactly. Where, exactly. How do, you, how do you describe these decades? Is it the teens? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going to take a palace on this. The teenies, the noughties, the teenies, the twenties. I don't know. Yeah. The onesies. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. No, oh. Mm. I think. Uh, I think Palace here myself. Yeah, I'm taking a pa- yeah, yeah, palace. Yeah, Palace. Okay, and then we're we got... all scared here to go different, you know, because there's now more on the line. Well, I, 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 um, I maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um. Norwich versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, Wolves. Wolves for me, mm. son. Yeah, Wolves. Um, then half-five kickoff. He Ooh. thinks this might bring in a change of tides here in terms of the predictions. Manchester City hosting Leicester City. Give me the home team. I will also take the home team. I will also take the home team. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I, I look on Leicester. I, I've been saying for a while that that XG number uh, for and against isn't quite matching up with what their output has been, and it kind of bit them in the bum this weekend. Um, disappointing result was a disappointing result, but ultimately they're, that was what their XG was one one. Um, and Vardy wasn't able to kind of exceed that this weekend. Then on Sunday, 2 o'clock, 
Watford versus Manchester United. I've rejuvenated Watford, Watford mate. Watford were decent. They were really good. New manager effect, and you know, the old head in the sand. Are oh, you an ostrich? Seems like he might. I, I physically cannot try and back him in any way, shape, or form because I, I despise Pearson with every fibre of my being. So I'm going Manchester United. Thing is, yeah, Man United are away. Um, I don't know. Team that's not doing very well. Probably sit back. You'll probably struggle. Genuine question. Have Watford won a game yet this season? Yeah, didn't Garcia win one? Well, who's the guy they brought back? Was it him? No, that was... um, Oh, God. Flores. They've won one game this year. Wow. Trying to find out who that was. Was it against Norwich? Was that a draw? No, it was against Norwich, wasn't it? This is great radio. I believe it was against Norwich. Regardless, um, I can't pick Watford. I just can't see it. They, they, they were really unlucky this weekend um, against Liverpool. They did play really well, um, but again, they just don't put the ball in the net. And if you don't take a draw, I, I feel like that Watford might have something. I feel may may, may not might not have enough if if they if they're tactically organised. I think they could pinch a draw. I'm going to take United penalty. That's literally <laughs> what I was going to say. Um, then we've got big game big uh, big game oh, oh, oh. we've got Tottenham Hotspur eh? yeah. Spurs eh? Jose eh? I know against Chelsea yeah don't this is a fucking nightmare start to Christmas this is uh, of all the games I could choose not to play it would this is this is, would be number one I'd, I'd really really away at Tottenham with Jose with our form in the league right now the issue as or well is that Tottenham... I'd say the perfect platform to rebuild a season. I mean, there is that. If we win, it completely flips the script on what's been ultimately disappointing in December so far. But um, I just worry that the way we're playing football right now plays right into the hands of this Tottenham team, which is they don't play football. All they do is basically play, spank it long and try basically counter-attacking. Um, and we're a little bit too easy to play into that trap. Um I'm going to take Tottenham. I just think that we're just not smart enough to to avoid falling into the trap. I am also going to take Tottenham. Um, yeah, make it free then. There we go. Lots of deviations there in our predictions <laughs> so far. This looks like it'll be a tight race up until the new year. Give me a winner, Lee. Um, I went Kevin De Bruyne watching the game yesterday. Um, love love the guy. Scored a great goal, you know, recently, didn't you, against Newcastle. Followed it up with a great performance um, against Arsenal. What was it, two goals and assist? Imperious, yeah. mate. Absolutely yeah. imperious. Best player in the league, has been for some time. <laughs> Stop fishing me. I see your tweets, mate. I've seen them. <laughs> He's the best the player wins. in the league. I've been saying it forever. Yeah, he, he was... Um, he was exceptional at the weekend, but he also was playing against a team which wouldn't put a body on anyone. They were disgraceful, mate. They were just just letting him go. No, carry on, Mr. De Bruyne. Just carry on. No, absolutely, mate, after you. Kick him. Kick him. Mate, they like, couldn't get near him, mate. The space he works. Uh, Ginduzi is... literally stood next to him and let him pass him. Just kick him. I don't care. <laughs> Take the booking. City had five bookings by the halftime. Do you know why? Because every time Arsenal progressed the ball, they kicked someone. <laughs> 
Unbelievable, mate. Um, God, who am I going to have as a winner? Um, I haven't really thought about this. Um, I can't. So do you mind? Yeah, absolutely. So De Bruyne became a close third. Third? Wow. Okay. okay. In uh, number two was Fred. <laughs> because, again, he proves the he critics was wrong. shit. It wasn't shit. Uh, no, that was obviously a joke answer. My winner this week is Mason Greenwood. Because scored a lovely goal. Well done to him. Good stuff. <laughs> well done to him. The good stuff. Maybe I should have made my own VAR then. For allowing the... Well, of course it should be VAR for you, because there should have never been a goal in the first place. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm going to have to go with um, De Bruyne. I think really the standout of the weekend, wasn't it? It was magnificent. It was I did think that he went into business for himself, though. Man was like, oh, time to get a hattie. Um, and then proceeded to basically pass up passing opportunities, trying to score the hat-trick. Out of interest, uh, the best player in the league, that was the first time he scored a brace in a game. Played in a more advanced position. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, when Arsenal are the team you're playing against, well, when, well, you just have to I, just I, not I worry about that. I suggest that, you know, I, I'll, I won't mind the best player in the league not scoring a brace before if he gets the top stats for assists every year. You know what I mean? Like... Uh, I think I'd do that trade. He's on course as well still, isn't he? He's on track to to beat beat the record. Give me a loser, Lee. Um, Well, we just discussed them. Arsenal, just the the calamity of a club. They're making Everton look great at the moment in terms of their their dealings. Um, Obviously, maybe we got a bit lucky with, you know, taking in Duncan Ferguson. They've got Freddie Lundberg. But to be honest, mate, I feel for the guy because what he's working with is just absolute dross. I, I genuinely believe that whoever comes in, they're going to, the job is too. It's almost too big. They need they need such a clear out of players that it's not going to happen quick enough. And yeah, I, I just feel like they're 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 on the they're on a spiral, mate, at the moment. And I can only see it going one way. Mr. Woods, the centre back partnership of Kurt Zuma and Antonio Rudiger. <laughs> Absolutely I told you about Zuma, dead. mate, didn't I? I told Absolutely you about Zuma. dead, mate. Um, look, the thing with Zuma is that he'll always be what Zuma is, right? He'll be um, defensively okay. Um, I always still feel he relies on his athleticism to bail him out of like bad situations because he doesn't read the game particularly well. Dreadful pass of the ball. I feel he stabs at it, right? You it's know, it's when, his technique, isn't it? It's it, his technique no when technique. Passes, When you mate. watch players pass the ball, they tend to caress it, right? Mm. Uh, he's just out there just basically stabbing his big right foot at the ball or it's just yeah and, and Rudiger's no better as well they're, they're both the same player to me um, God we need a centre half that can play football who's yours then Mike? Um, it's going to sound really harsh but Chelsea oh, come on now what's this <laughs> for being a charity <laughs> I, I, right I've grown up with Chelsea being imperious do you know what I mean like even when Chelsea weren't amazing back in the day who did you always have one over? My team. Yes, it was. Yeah. Right. Growing up at, at, throughout college and university, who did, who was there? Jose Mourinho's unstoppable Chelsea. Carlo Ancelotti. Oh, let's have the most goals scored in the league. Let's beat fucking teams 7-0 here and there with Malouda getting the seventh. You know what I mean? You've always, Chelsea have always been a team. I, I, I feel, there's been times over the last 20 years I felt confident playing Liverpool. There's times, most of the time, I feel confident playing Arsenal. There was obviously a period where I was not confident playing Arsenal. Many, many times where I've been confident playing Man City, obviously. Never, never do I feel confident about playing Chelsea. Never, ever. And it, it, it disappoints me. I know that it's a process. I know it's a long, 
It's that there is a vision for the club and it's going to be bumps and bruises. It doesn't mean to say that the sight of Chelsea limping like to like the Bournemouth and West Ham yeah. and even, you know, no offence to Everton, but in the turmoil that you guys are in as well, mm. it's just a bit disappointing. It, it's a world, that season where at Chelsea, that, well, that season you finished like ninth or whatever it was. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. I went, I went to around. every home game that season. That was delightful. <laughs> but, that, but that season, that was, um, for me, that was like an aberration. That should never have happened to Chelsea. Absolutely. Because you know? Chelsea have always been a club for me that's like, they're a constant. They're not the clowns of Arsenal. They're not the the the, the miserable of, of Liverpool. They're not like the new hot kid on the block anymore like Man City are. They're a constant in my lifetime in the Premier League. And for, to see them in this weird state at the moment, you mentioned it earlier, we've got Solskjaer, you've got Lampard, whilst others, others around us are getting Ancelotti and Mourinho. It's a bit weird. And I feel sad for the state of my club, obviously, but I do feel like there are some interesting parallels between the two of our teams in terms of we're both hopefully looking to youth. We're both hopefully looking to spend. We know we've both got managers in who are legends, obviously Lampard more than Solskjaer, I would suggest, but many Man United fans might even disagree with that somehow. We, there's parallels here, and I feel sad for my club. And by proxy, it kind of means I have to feel sad for your club at the moment because we're not in it together, but we're kind of in it together a little bit, you know? I, I think what will be interesting, sorry, was I yeah, know no, you go wanna, ahead, mate. I'll let you have the final piece. I think what will be interesting is what Roman Abramovich does in the next six months or six to seven months, basically in the next two transfer windows. Is he really got an interest in the club still? I know he kind of, we see him kind of pumping in money, but it, you know, you don't, you don't you don't go for the big players anymore. Where you're really like, you know, you've got this hazard money. You should be really. I want to see. I really want to see him spend some money, basically, to see if there's still that love in the club to make them, you know comfortably and top not, four title challenging and not like you know we're going to spend 100 million and it's going to be on five players of 20 million and we get a Zappa Costa in and a fucking Ben Mee and yeah. shit like that you need, you need like two statements get two like, statement signings spend 150 million make one of them a 100 million pound player yeah I mean I completely agree ultimately you're rightly um, really Lampard's success will be very much based on on the backing he gets from the, the, the club and the owner Um Chelsea ticky-tacked um, signings at 30, 35 million pounds and we've ended up with absolute garbage doing that because that's what you get. You, you pay for garbage, you get garbage. Um, if you want to win the big, big trophies, you have to basically go go in and um, and pay for the best players. I, I think, look, we've been linked with Zaha and I think Zaha's a fine player but I'll be fucking fuming if we don't get Sancho. If we basically end up with Zaha instead of Sancho by choice, I'll be livid, mate. Absolutely livid because that just basically shows a a lack of understanding in the transfer market. Because by all accounts, Zaha is going to cost eighty million, Sancho probably one hundred and twenty, but one of those players is nineteen, the other one's twenty seven. That's eight years. Basically, the way that that spreads, the difference basically it doesn't wash in FFP. It's um, negligible, isn't it? Let's be honest about it. Yeah, and also the, the critical things in this. Now, Zaha and might not be a good example. That Sancho for this. has yeah. as well. The potential is on. Homegrown player because obviously he was trained at Man City as well. That comes in. Uh, that's yep. obviously a benefit as well. There's a lot of this that comes into. It's, it's the boring part of football, but it is important to kind of work this out um, when you're bringing these players in. It does mean that extra money is worth spending. Um, if if the club backs Lampard fully and and properly, um, he could still be a success. Um, if he ends up with, like you say, Zappacosta and Bakayoko signings, then he's dead in the water. Doesn't Bakayoko still play for you? Uh, he's on loan at Monaco. And he tried going off because he got the wrong shirt number, right? Because he wasn't sure what shirt Yeah, that... I mean, <laughs> he, he, he remembered his old shirt number and thought that was his number. Bakayoko 
has had the worst half of football I've ever seen in my life um, against Watford. Um, and that will live with me for a long time as to how bad that was. Um, I'd like to finish this, this today's show with a nice story. Ooh, okay. Does it concern Exciting. It's a Christmas story. No, it's not. It doesn't I was hoping it was going to be like 8-0 or something. Um, it's about Ben Foster. Oh, yes. Yes. So uh, I'm going to read this out. This was a, a WhatsApp message. Uh, from guy, some guy basically uh, my uncle's dad was at the Watford game last weekend he's been a season ticket holder for like 60 years he's 80 at the moment early sufferer of dementia now so he's going to have to stop going soon he left the ground went to start his car the flat battery God knows why but he thought he would walk 10 miles home gets dark down this dual carriageway falls over down into a ditch car pulls up, pulls up to help him it's Ben Foster his missus and his dad Said they'd seen him about a mile back and they all said something didn't seem right, walking on his own in the dark, so they came back round to find him and he was lying in the ditch. Took him home, cleaned him up, asked what he's doing for Christmas and he's welcome to theirs if he's going to be alone. Ben said he'd sort his season ticket out for next season if he can still go. Little things like that, I like about football, because that is Ben Foster being a stand-up fucking guy. And uh, well done to him, a bit of Christmas cheer. Should have made him your winner, mate. Was that? Should have made him your winner. Ahead of Fred. (laughs) And Fred didn't even win. (laughs) Come on, man. These are strict, strict times here. Um, but yeah, nice bit of Christmas cheer on an otherwise miserable day. Um, obviously, you can find us as ever. Spotify, iTunes, leave us a review. Lee will be reading out his book on Instagram very soon. Um, and we've potentially got a new documentary reviewed by Woods to come as well. So yeah, big show, big times, big Christmas. Can't wait. Goodbye and good night. Adios. Arrivederci. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.